It's my favorite Cuban dish that I savor and enjoy, but Picadillo, which uses ground beef and olives, is rarely available when you visit the large island in the Caribbean. Once known for beef and dairy cattle, meat and milk are in short supply. Decades ago, Cuba forbade individual ranchers and farmers from raising the herds that once proliferated before the government changed in 1959. But now that's changed. In desperate need to spur the supply of food from in-country, the government has changed the rules. Farmers and ranchers are now allowed to start raising and selling their own cattle again. Farmers can forego the clunky system of raising crops like vegetables. Now they'll be able to sell part of what they raise on the open market. Maybe this will help relieve the growing hunger of the last year. It's a freedom unknown for decades. But one freedom keeps growing in Cuba. Freedom to believe. Believe in Jesus Christ. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series this week that we're calling Christ in Cuba's Pandemic. I want to welcome back our Spanish speaker and our Spanish director for our programming that goes into Cuba, El Fado de Redención. Dan Warren, good to have you back with me today. Gracias, Carlos. It's great to be back on Haven today with you. I can't call you Carlos, right? <laughs> Everybody does when we're in Cuba together, so why not you and me uh, coming from uh, the west coast of the United States today? Well, Dan, one thing, even though we can't go in and visit, we haven't been to Cuba in more than a year, the broadcast keeps going on, and we keep hearing from more and more people every day, don't we? Yes, Charles, it's been great to keep hearing from our listeners uh, in Cuba, all across the island. Uh, we received a letter from Rosa, and she writes, When my pastor, Alexander, told me about El Faro de Redención, I immediately started listening on the radio, and I loved it. The messages are great, and I love hearing the testimonies on the program. She's talking about the Cuban testimonies that we share. It was such a joy to listen to, and now a great joy to be contributing to the ministry. And, well, it's such a great blessing to listen to the testimonies and, and such edifying messages. That was, that was from Rosa. I think, Dan, uh, we should define what we mean by letters. I think once upon a time, I tried to mail a letter from Cuba back to the United States. <laughs> Never got there. But uh, these letters are coming in a modern way, aren't they, to us? Right. These are, these are emails or Facebook messages, text messages on WhatsApp or Telegram. Uh, we hear from our listeners in a lot of different ways. I, I still haven't received a postcard from Havana, but uh, we receive uh, feedback through, through a lot of different means on social media. And it's just so encouraging to see how people are resonating with the program and these testimonies, like Rosa said, the, the Cuban voice that's included on El Faro, the, the wisdom of the Cuban church alongside teaching uh, from scripture, showing Christ in his grace. Um, and, and it's making an impact. It's, it's very encouraging to us as a team. Every time we, we receive one of these quote unquote letters uh, from Cuba. <laughs> Well, and, and we keep seeing it increase. And, and this kind of communication uh, from inside Cuba to the outside couldn't have even been done a few years ago. Right, that's right. Well, as we're starting our program today, let me just report that we are nearly one-third of the way. 27% raised as of yesterday for the $60,000 challenge match for Cuba. 
but we still have two-thirds of the way to go. Would you pray during this program and right after about becoming a missionary to Cuba with Haven Ministries and our El Fado broadcast in Spanish? Our in-country projects are on hold because of COVID, but the program on a 500,000-watt station off Bonaire keeps sharing the gospel, no matter the pandemic that closed down the country to the outside. I'm thanking the Lord for the $100, $300, $1,000 gifts that came in yesterday. Whatever you can send will help become part of sharing Christ, the greatest revival in the Western Hemisphere. Would you call us after the program at 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or before you pray and give, watch the new video on Cuba we put up on our website, and then pray and give as the Lord leads. Our website is haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Well, now let's get the program started with a worship pastor who lives and ministers in Florida, but also ministers into Cuba on El Fado. Here is Pucci Colon. today in Christ in Cuba's pandemic. I'm Charles Morris. Dan, I know I don't always get Cuban music, but when I hear Pucci Cologne sing for us, I think that is something that people enjoy listening to where I live, but also on the Caribbean island too. It makes you want to dance, Charles, doesn't it? I guess that's what it is, and I'm not even <laughs> Cuban. That was Lord, I Lift Your Name on High, a song that uh, Pucci Cologne has made famous. He lives in Florida and ministers there. Well, I think it'd be good if we go back to Cuba. 
Dan, who do you have for us that we can meet up with on this program? Charles, joining us on the program today is Jules Nier. He's a young pastor who you've met and I've met in Wanabacoa, Cuba, uh, an Assemblies of God pastor who's also serving uh, his church in their seminary uh, as well as a director. Uh, And he spoke with us about how the lockdowns uh, really affected them early on. And and I think you'll be very encouraged to hear from Josnier. I remember when, at the beginning of the lockdowns, that everyone thought it would be two or three weeks at home, and then we'd return to our work and ministries. But that wasn't the case. The weeks turned to months, and so I began to hash it out with the Lord, you know. I'm referring to those deep and longing prayers where we lay it all out before the Lord, all those things we're feeling, you know. I was feeling very sad and burdened, and I would ask God even to end the pandemic. Like the psalmist uh, who longed for that day in the Lord's presence, and he detested those thousand days away. Well, that's how I yearned to be in the presence of the congregation with my brothers and sisters. Uh, I missed the fellowship. I missed being with my brothers in, in Christ. And I would bring this continually before the Lord in prayer. I remember in one of those days, I read Psalm 23, and suddenly this psalm had new meaning that it never had before. As it turns out, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Even in the threat of this pandemic, even while not being able to fellowship, I shall not want. God leads me and guides me in his righteousness. He sustains me. He gives me hope and a promise to be in his house forever. I shall not want. A young pastor in Cuba named Yosnir, and uh, we'll hear more from him a little later in the program, right, Dan? That's right, Charles. You know, I, I really was encouraged by hearing him read Psalm 23. I think it's one of those psalms that uh, maybe it's so used that, I don't want to say overused, but maybe it just uh, can, it can seem, you know, one of those psalms that we just take for granted almost. Uh, but he is finding a new comfort in the words, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He says, nothing will be lacking mm. You know, even in this threat of a pandemic, it's so encouraging to me every time I hear a Cuban speak on El Fado about how they're finding hope in the Lord, and they're all over Scripture. You know, Yosnier is in Psalm 23, others may be in Psalm 46, often they're in the Psalms, and they're just speaking about how the, the Word of the Lord is ministering to them during this time, how they're clinging to these truths. Uh, we know that reality. I know you know that, Charles. Um, you, you, you love the Psalms more than anyone I've ever met. Uh, but Cubans are finding great hope in the Psalms right now. A good word for all of us from a pastor uh, in Cuba. But uh, as we sometimes say, Dan, there's more. You have someone else for us to meet up with in Cuba today. That's right, Charles. I, I would love to say his name, but he's requested to remain anonymous just because of the situation and, you know, serving on the front lines in, in such a, a sensitive calling in a country uh, such as Cuba uh, as a doctor treating um, COVID patients in a, in a hospital. So this, this is a Cuban doctor who's a Christian, and this is what he shared with our listeners on El Faro. This is the opportunity to get back to the basics, to unite as the Church of God with one mission. Forget our differences and let's be united in prayer. Intercede before the Father for the church and for the lost. It's our responsibility as a Cuban church to pray for the Cuban people. COVID has brought the opportunity to minister, especially for those of us in the medical field, to minister to the unbeliever and to love our neighbor by providing the care they need. That our unbelieving Cuban neighbor 
can see how those of us in the family of faith cares for and loves one another just as Jesus called us to and then extends that love to the unbeliever as well. Again, that was a Cuban doctor, a Christian, uh, sharing uh, his thoughts on the pandemic and how there's really a gospel opportunity uh, due to the pandemic uh, to unite as the Church of Jesus Christ and to really uh, minister grace in a time like this. So I'm so thankful for this Cuban doctor sharing uh, these words with us uh, on El Faro first and now on Haven today. Mm. Well, Dan, we've been talking all week about the great need in Cuba, even greater because of the pandemic, the economic hardship, but also there's spiritual hardship. But today, I think we want to look at something good that can come out of all of this, something that our friends who minister daily in the Cuban church and you ministering every day by radio, uh, what's coming out of this crisis? You tell me they keep using one word to describe this. You want to share that one word with us? Yeah, the word is adapt or adaptability. I would say maybe two words, actually, adaptability. And another word would be simplicity. There's something about a crisis that can bring us back to simplicity, a simple Christianity. Well, I would have thought, wouldn't you, that in Cuba, it's already simple Christianity compared by most standards. We've been in some of these small churches together. We've been in large churches, and it sure seems like a simpler form of Christianity to me. That, that's, that's very true. Uh, but I think it goes to show all of us how we can tend toward making this so complex, uh, adding on program after program as we do ministry in the church, wondering if we've produced the right kind of service that will bring people in or that will keep people coming, pastors worried about hitting all the right points in the sermon, or I mean, the list can go on. But with buildings closed and people worshiping together in homes, limited to just the bare essentials of worship, the word, singing, praying together, loving one another, uh, it's been a breath of fresh air, even for the Cuban church, coming back to this mm. this simpler Christianity. Well, I'm breathing more deeply just hearing you say that and reminding me of this. We've seen for a number of years now, uh, firsthand, this revival underway in Cuba, and it's still growing. But I guess we should always remember that the Lord needs to gently point us in a better direction, sometimes even during a revival, even during a time of great numerical growth, which the Cuban church is seeing. There are ways our roots need to be made deeper in the gospel and keeping the main point of the Christian life the main point. That's absolutely right. You know, someone who's actually uh, spoke to that on El Faro, and we just heard from him, was uh, Yosnier, uh, this this pastor at Maranatha Assemblies of God in Guadalajara, a seminary professor, director at their seminary. Uh, he had something to say that was so interesting about adaptability and simplicity. Uh, let's just put it this way. They say some things are like riding a bike. You just pick up where you left off, right? Well, he says he's actually learning to ride a bike again. The pandemic has allowed me to grow in my ministry and service to the Lord. I have more time to visit with my brothers and sisters, for example, and we have precious moments in prayer together. And I remember one day I was on my bike, and yes, I had to learn to ride my bike again, uh, dusting it off after so many years. And I came to a dear sister's house, and I was going to pray for her inside her home, but, you know, social distancing, so she stayed on her porch, and I, from the sidewalk, ministered to her and prayed for her. And there was this elderly woman uh, nearby who saw and heard as I prayed for her, and so she called me over, and when I came over to her, she told me, 
she was not a Christian, but that she needed prayer. So gladly I prayed for her. And I got to say, I, I truly enjoyed that moment. It was, it was such a deep prayer that I led for her. And at that moment, I could just perceive all the need that there was around me. So many people longing and desperate for hope. People who, like this woman, are opening up their hearts for the Word of God to come in with power and purpose. That was Yosnir Minyaz from Guanabacoa, Cuba. Uh, I love that, Charles, don't you? Just visiting his congregation on his bike, uh, learning to ride his bike again, and serving the church. <laughs> I can just see him in my mind's eye, can't you, Dan? This young seminary professor, pastor himself, probably with some books under his arm or in a side bag, <laughs> and he's just riding his bike door to door, visiting his congregation. He told me that he stays fit and his people stay fed. So even in this crisis, sometimes it takes us back to simplicity. It helps us rethink our strategy to serve one another in the body of Christ and how to reach the lost. I think this crisis in particular has made it so vital to remember we're not called to a stage in front of thousands, not necessarily, and definitely not as the main thing we're aiming for in ministry. Thousands may come, but we're called to the ones, as it's been said. We're, we're called to love one another. And that goes for the pastor and the person sitting in the pew each week or in the lawn chair in the parking lot, like at my church for the past several months. Uh, that That's what the early church was all about. Small not platforms, one anothering, not social media battles, breaking bread together in person and preaching Jesus to the lost, inviting others into this wonderful community and fellowship. You know, there's nothing like being in a small house church in Cuba and worshiping. I mean, you are fluent in Spanish. I'm not. And yet it's still encouraging mm -hmm. to my soul to try and sing along in Spanish, to mm -hmm. Hear the Word of God preached and proclaimed and, and read. And sometimes I laugh when I recall how often I've heard Cuban pastors talk about having all things in common from Acts. It's one of those go-to passages in a communist country. But I've also seen in Cuba, and I think we're seeing it again in a whole new way, Acts 2, 42 through 47. Let me just share a little bit of it with us. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. There it is. There's the verse we've heard so much in Cuba, isn't it, Charles? That's right. But it's it's not about a political stance. It's about a kingdom way of generous living, generous giving. But it also goes on. Let me read a little more to us. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Things were tough in Jerusalem in those early days of Acts. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And that daily number just grows and grows ever since. Uh, even today in Cuba, the Lord is still at work. Mm. Well, Dan, I, I want to go back for a moment to the reason the believers had all things in common. Back in the book of Acts, in Cuba today, 
It's not as if this were some Marxist foreshadowing or something that proves communism is right. This goes to the heart of the gospel and what the good news means to men and women and children who follow Jesus by faith. It makes us one in Christ. We who are many become one in the Lord. I know I'll never meet everyone listening to this program today or listening to El Fado that covers Cuba every day, but in Christ we're one. And you may never meet your Cuban brothers and sisters who listen to El Fado and, and, and benefit and meet Christ and grow in Christ from Dan's teaching, but you're still one with them in Jesus. You know, it says, Charles, they broke bread together. Uh, Paul wrote to the Corinthians that because we all partake of the one bread, we are one body. There, there's unity in this simple Christianity we read about in Acts. Uh, once I read about a Mennonite brethren church where a visitor shook someone's hand and said, hi, I'm so-and-so. And a, a dear old church member replied, I know, I already met you in the bread. <laughs> that is a beautiful picture of our unity. And that's where this having all things in common comes into focus. The needs of many become the needs of all, because all were one body, and they gave to meet those needs. Well, this week, we have a challenge fund going to support the work of El Fado. $60,000 from a group of people who saw a need and responded with the generosity of the kingdom. I want to challenge you for just a moment as you listen to this program this week to pray about how the Lord would have you meet a very real need for Christ in Cuba, the need of the gospel, and hope in Christ going out through El Fado every day to a people who desperately need to hear it because our brothers and sisters in Cuba are one with us. No matter whether you're listening in the Philippines right now or whether you're listening in the United States or Canada, their need is our need because we are a family and together we can shine the light of Christ into Cuba. Who has held the oceans in his hands? Who has numbered every grain of sand? Kings and nations tremble at his voice. All creation rises to rejoice Behold a God Seated on His throne Come let us adore Him Behold a King Nothing can compare Come let us music 
by Sovereign Grace. We've heard them earlier this week here on Haven Today in both English and Spanish. Dan, what did we just hear? And I'm asking you because you can say it in Spanish and I can't <laughs> so easily. Oh, you might be able to, but I'll, I'll, I'll say it. It's con, Contempla a Dios, which is Behold Our God by Sovereign Grace. Well, Dan, it's been so good to have you on the program with me. Thank you. Would you come back again with me again tomorrow, one more day together, as we get to talk about how the gospel is going forth in Cuba? Looking forward to it, Charles. Thank you. Well, there's only one Christian radio station that broadcasts all across Cuba every day. And on that one station, coming from another Caribbean island, Haven Ministries is the only half-hour daily program that preaches the gospel, offers testimonies from Cubans to Cubans, like you just heard, and even uses Christian music coming out of the country. Can you help us today as the Lord leads? We've raised one-third of the $60,000 challenge match this week. That means we still have two-thirds to go. Would you first pray and then give? The number you can call right now, after you've prayed, but to give is 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or if you have time, come watch the video we've posted and then pray, then give as the Lord speaks to you. Our web address is haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Finally, if you kept telling yourself you wanted to get the DVD last week called American Gospel, Christ Alone, in either the gift five-pack or a single copy, ask about that when you call or see it when you go online. I'm Charles Morris with Dan Warren. Thank you so much for joining us inviting you to come back again tomorrow with us, where on Friday we'll share again together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. My adopted grandson has severe autism sometimes struggling to obey or even understand why he should obey. When that happens, my son-in-law, a pastor, pulls him tight for a close hug and reminds him, you don't really want to do that. It turns into a sweet moment, a little picture of what is true for all of us who have trusted in Jesus. Our Heavenly Father is holy. He is set apart, doing what is right from a heart of love. But in His love, he adopts us as his beloved children, just like my grandson born in South Korea. The Spirit is making us holy so we don't conform to evil desires, as Peter tells us. Be ye holy. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.